today on Lawyers Rising. There's so many people that are qualified that it's almost impossible a lot of times for someone to distinguish. Why you must network to find legal positions as an attorney. Hello and welcome. I'm joined once again by the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search, Harrison Barnes. Harrison, good morning. Hi, how's it going? Very well. So I'm excited to talk about networking today. It's something that we have talked about in the past, but we're going to put a bit of a finer point on it today. But before we get into kind of the nitty gritty of how to network and how to develop those contacts, maybe we should dispel some myths. And that myth is that if you just put together a a great looking resume, a great cover letter and have great credentials, that's all that you're going to need. Hard work is all you need. And of course, hard work is incredibly important to succeed and having great grades um, and great references are important, but they're not enough, are they? No, you know, and, you know, when I thought about this and I, and I put together, uh, you know, an article about this, I mean, something that I really stuck out for me was that, you know, pretty much every significant organization that I've ever gotten into, I've only done it through networking. I've never done it, you know, on the strength of my, you know, resume, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, it has a lot to do with who you know, isn't it? And when it comes to people trying to decide whom to hire, whom to admit to university, for example, you have to understand that they're going through absolute mountains of potential applicants, most of whom will have almost exactly the same credentials as you. And so that leaves these people with very difficult choices about how to winnow it down. In fact, there's an urban myth that circulated for years about um, one person trying to figure out whom to admit to Stanford University by basically just throwing 100 applications down the stairs and whichever 20 hit the bottom first are the ones that he selected. This may be a myth, but it's not that far from the truth about how these selections are often made, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I actually, I mean, I heard someone from Stanford that, you know, from the admissions office talk about that. So it it became, uh, you know, I I don't think it's an urban myth. I mean, but yeah, I mean, the, the idea is that, you know, there's, there's so many people that are qualified to, you know, go to great colleges or work in great employers that, you know, it's almost impossible a lot of times for someone to distinguish. And the way that the admissions officer put it to me uh, when I, I mean, it wasn't to me, but it was to a group I was in, is they said, you know, what's the difference? I mean, one person might have been editor in chief of the newspaper. And is that any better than, you know, the same person that has a, you know, you know, three nine and a three eight or whatever, and in the same similar SAT scores that was the, you know, captain of the swim team. I mean, what, you know, what is, how, how can they possibly distinguish between what's better and what's better in one school versus another school? And so it's that everything can be, you know, lit- legitimately chance, you know, it's, you know, how do you uh, distinguish? And, you know, and the people that are kind of put in the, the chance role, tend not to have done the networking or have any kind of connection. Because once you have the connection, you know someone, then all that stuff that's left to chance is, you know, kind of goes away. Yeah, you have to be much more purposeful about this, don't you? And when it comes to building those networks, I suppose we've all heard the the old phrase that it is who you know. That's very true. But I guess, how do you go about meeting those people, building those contacts that you need? You need to be purposeful about it. It's not just about any random network or group of people, you need to know who you're reaching out to. So how do you go about doing that? I mean, is it about belonging to the right club, for example, or uh, the right uh, online work group? Um, uh, how do you 
what, how do you be purposeful about which network you need to develop? Well, I mean, I think that's a great question. And, and, and there's, there's so much to that statement. But the, the thing that I've always noticed is, you know, when I was really interested in something, uh, you know, I learned how to, uh, you know, develop a network, you know. So an example would be, uh, you know, when I was in uh, high school, I was interested in going to the University of Chicago. And one of my uh, 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 friend, I mean, he was kind of an acquaintance of mine, but a friend of my friend, um, his, his dad was the uh, president of Volkswagen, and uh, and he had gone to the business school. So I knew if I got a recommendation from him, uh, that would carry a ton of weight. So, you know, there was some sort of homecoming event, and um, you know, and you know, or where people were putting together a float or something. I don't remember what it was, but I went over to the um, the father's, you know, to, to this guy's house, and I talked to the father, and then he was. Uh, one of the presidents of uh, Jonah Motors came over because <laughs> I lived, grew up in Detroit and went to a, like a, you know, private school there. And, um, and he brought a Corvette, you know, a brand new Corvette. And so the president of Volkswagen wanted to drive it. And then I went for a ride with him in the car and, you know, kind of networked with him. Unfortunately, I never got, uh, um, you know, the recommendation because his, uh, he was on a plane coming back from somewhere and his plane blew up over Lockerbie, Scotland. It was that Pan Am flight. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I know. Very famous story. Yeah. So he was on that. But so I never got that recommendation, but I, I still recommend it, you know, but the thing was, is I knew what I wanted and I knew I wanted to go to the school. I, uh, you know, knew someone that had gone there that was important and I sought him out and, you know, and then in the car ride, I asked him about the University of Chicago and how he liked it and so forth. And he offered to write me a recommendation, you know, so I, I, you know, I, I sought someone out and, uh, you know, and I, and I, and I was able to, um, without asking for it, uh, you know, talk to them about the school. So th I think you have, the big thing though, is you have to know what it is you want. So if you want a job or you want, and it's better to know the job that you want, not just a job in a general industry or, you know, and, and so there's, you know, finding the job you want, I think a lot of times or, or something you want is a, is a long-term prospect where you really need to, um, you know, network your way into it. There's a famous story in uh, the book Think and Grow Rich uh, about um, a guy named Edwin C. Barnes who wanted to work with, uh, uh, who do you want to work with? Thomas Edison. And he got on a train and, um, you know, went to Thomas and decided he was going to go to work for Thomas Edison. He wanted to be in business with Thomas Edison not uh, work for Thomas Edison. So he got on a train and went to wherever Thomas Edison was in New Jersey and, uh, you know, told Thomas Edison that he was there to go into business with him. And he looked at him like he was kind of crazy. And, um, but he gave him a job. And years later, he did go into business with him and became very wealthy. So knowing what you want, I think is really the most important thing. And, you know, but if you don't know what you want, but you know, kind of in general, what you want, then putting yourself around people that can help you. Yeah, finding out what and thinking about what you want to accomplish, what firms you want to work at, uh, what uh, you know cities you want to work in, and then very purposefully reaching out to those people to develop contacts is such a great idea. One that a lot of people might be a little bit gun-shy to attempt because it feels... I don't know. A lot of people have problems marketing themselves, don't they? So when once you kind of develop that list of places you want to be, uh, places you want to work, 
How do you go about making those initial contacts, reaching out to those people to develop those relationships? Um, it's kind of easier said than done. Um, or is it? Give me some pointers about how to go about uh, reaching out to these people. Well, I think that, you know, one way you can reach out to people is, you know, you, you, you typically will, you know, when you network, you, the, the way, the idea of networking is you, you kind of indirectly, um, you know, approach someone. So, you know, you approach them for someone else. And one of the, you know, Reid Hoffman uh, that founded LinkedIn is, uh, you know, just, you know, and I, I know he's, there, there's a kind of a program that he and um, also, the, you know, Marissa Meyer from uh, Yahoo or, you know, but then before that she was at Google, both studied at Stanford. But there's a, um, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, he, the idea of LinkedIn was kind of like, you know, you know, someone and that person may know someone to make an introduction because, you know, the introductions that come through other people are, uh, you know, much different than the ones that, uh, you know, you just get on your own. And I, I think LinkedIn is kind of, you know, it's great site. I mean, for me, it's, you know, I don't know how many contacts I have. I must have 25,000 or something. And I don't know how it, how it could possibly work for me, but at this point in my career, just because it, it's grown so large, but in general, you know, the, um, the idea is that, if, you know, you find someone that knows someone and that person can kind of make an introduction for you. So, you know, the way that I've always tried to network is get to know someone that has some sort of connection with, with whatever I'm trying to do. Uh, or if you're trying to go to the place, if you, if you go to whoever you're trying to do something with directly, that can work too. But I think most of the time, my advice is always, you know, you, you do something, you approach the person and you do so in a way where um, you're not asking for anything, where you're actually helping them and offering something and then helping you is something that um, occurs to them. Does that make sense? It does. And I would add something to that as well. Uh, something that I wish I could go back and tell my younger self is when you're do in this process of reaching out to people and developing and cultivating those contacts, um, don't be discouraged if you don't get any anything, any, any return calls or any feedback at all. Um, you know, when you're younger and you kind of lack confidence, those can be real blows to your confidence, but just kind of understand that it's a numbers game and that no doubt you will get a lot of uh, doors slammed in your face or just not returned emails or calls, but you will find someone that will be kind of flattered that you've reached out and are asking for help. It's just a matter of finding that person and, you know, not to be too discouraged if you don't have a lot of success right at the beginning. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not easy. I mean, I, I think that, you know, the best way really of networking is just to be, you know, as visible as possible, uh, you know, is the advice that I would give. I mean, you need to get out there and uh, you know, people need to see you and, and kind of know you're there and, uh, you know, and, and to the extent you do that, I mean, that, that can help. I mean, the, the advice that I always give people and, and, and I, and it's not something that I, you know, made up or learned. I, I read it in the book. I think the book's called don't send a resume or something. That's a very good book. And I read it a long time ago, but, and it, and it really does work. I mean, it's just, you know, you write down kind of all the people that, you know, you know, if you're looking for something. And so those people would be, could be friends, you know, former friends, uh, you know, that, you know, that you haven't talked to in a while, acquaintances, relatives, uh, acquaintances of friends, coworkers, uh, former coworkers, neighbors, classmates, you know, clients, former clients, current clients, you know, neighbors, former neighbors, you know, uh, people your spouse may know, uh, you know, people from clubs and organizations you belong to, and just kind of write down all the people you know. And, 
you know, and then, you know, to the extent you can just stay in touch with them and make contact with them and, you know, try to talk to them on the phone or go places where they're going to be. And then, you know, the more you do that and make that a habit, um, that's, that's, you know, when I talk to attorneys that have generated a lot of business or have networked their way kind of into better and better jobs, I mean, they're always doing something like that um, as a kind of a habit. And then they, you know, they, they decide certain people of those lists who they want to be closest to. And then they, you know, and then they just talk to those people and they don't necessarily ever ask for anything. They're there and they offer favors and they help people and then it comes back to them. And I mean, it's a great way, of course, to find work, uh, jobs that uh, are out there and that uh, you can um, kind of plug into. But as you develop those contacts as well, um, and you develop kind of a more robust network, you can get jobs that don't even really exist yet. You can kind of create a job for yourself, can't you? Um, by, um, you know, understanding the processes that these firms uh, need and maybe that you could fit into. Can you talk a little bit about that, about maybe even creating jobs rather than just finding jobs through networks? Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's kind of two you know, types of, uh, you know, networks, like there's, you know, there's, and, you know, ways to network into jobs, because there's, there's jobs that exist, which is, you know, something that may be advertised or posted somewhere, or, you know, the firms, the firms aware, the company's aware that they have it. And, uh, and then there's ones that don't exist. And, you know, when a job exists, you know, that means that, you know, it, you don't know how much it's been publicized. I mean, you know, a law firm may have an opening, for example, for a, a corporate attorney, but it may not have actually posted that job anywhere. It may not have told recruiters about it. You know, it may literally just be, you know, something that the HR director knows about and, uh, um, you know, maybe an attorney that needs a couple of people to help them knows about. And, you know, and so that would be considered an open job that you can network into. But a lot of times there's just unidentified needs inside of uh, companies. So you have existing openings and then you have something called you know what i like to call the emerging marketplace meaning you know positions are kind of developing in the market and um and, and you can find them uh, just by kind of um, networking because law firms uh, in particular um, are businesses and if they have you know if they think they have you know a certain number of hours of work that you can do working for them um, they're likely to bring you in they don't have no um, you know, issues with, you know, bringing anyone in if they have the work. So uh, that's one thing I kind of like about, uh, you know, uh, networking is that, you know, uh, you know, if you, if, if you're there and someone sees you, they can always, they can always bring you in. You wrote recently about a story that is very relevant to that point. It has to do with Tony Robbins, the very famous um, motivational speaker. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you connected with him and kind of created a job because of that network? Sure. Well, you know, I'd read a long time ago, uh, Think and Grow Rich, which is just a great book in so many ways. I mean, you know, I just talked about kind of that example of Edwin C. Barnes and deciding he wanted to work with Edison. And, um, you know, to me, I mean, uh, Robbins was, a, you know, has been, was very influential in, in terms of, uh, you know, getting me motivated and, you know, and, and things when I was younger. And, um, you know, I read a book by him. So I was at a seminar. I think it was a, who was the seminar for? It was, uh, I don't know, the guy, the guy that Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul. He started hosting all these uh, kind of business seminars where people would come and talk. And so I was at this seminar and um, Holmes got up. And, you know, and so I would always kind of like, you know, when you're at these seminars, you, 
you know, you have your computer, your notebook open, and you kind of look things up. And I didn't really know anything about Holmes, but um, I started, you know, reading about him. And I read that he uh, had worked for Charlie Munger and um, had, you know, doubled sales and some businesses for him. And, uh, and Charlie Munger uh, had owned the Los Angeles Daily Journal. And uh, he's found, he has a big, which is a legal newspaper in Los Angeles. And then he has a big law firm called Munger Tolls. And but more importantly, he's uh, Warren Buffett's business partner. So he's a smart guy. I mean, he's in his 90s now, uh, but he's, he's, you know, one of the smartest, you know, billionaire businessmen out there. And now, so he'd worked for Munger and he was very close to Munger. And uh, so I thought this would be, you know, this is an interesting guy. And then so he was talking and, um, and then he mentioned something that, you know, he, you know, knew Tony Robbins or worked with him or something or, you know, something along those lines. I mean, at that point in his career, he didn't really, um, you know, have, uh, you know, uh, much knowledge. I mean, he wasn't very close to Tony Robbins. And as a matter of fact, he was, uh, he cold called Tony Robbins to try to work for him uh, every Friday for, I don't know, 15 years or something before Robbins even would talk to him, which I think is really funny. But uh, anyway, so Chet, uh, you know, was talking and he said that um, he knew Robbins. And so I decided right then and there that uh, you know, I wanted to get to know this Robbins guy. And I knew that if I wanted to know Robbins, I mean, Robbins is a, you know, is a, you know, very difficult to get access to, uh, you know, for anyone that I, you know, I, I could do so through this uh, Holmes guy. So I, I met, I went up and introduced myself to Holmes and he just kind of blew me off after the, um, you know, conference. And then I, um, then I got a copy of Holmes's, uh, a course that he you know, developed and it was a $3,000 course, which was actually pretty good. Uh, but I got a course, a copy of that. And, um, and then I talked to Holmes on the phone and hired him to do some consulting to come in and kind of write a report about uh, our companies and uh, which he did. And then he was very impressed with the companies. And then I, you know, I met with him and then I, uh, you know, kind of made friends with him and I, you know, had him over to dinner at my house and, uh, to some parties that I had. And then I, you know, uh, and then Holmes was coming out with a book. And so I, you know, I, I helped him critique the book. And then he listed me as a, you know, I had a testimonial on the, the in the, you know, great inside flap of the book. And the book became a number one bestseller. And anyway, so over time, uh, you know, I was at a, I was, went to a, a, a seminar that Holmes was putting on with Tony Robbins, just the two of them. Because after Holmes kind of book took off, uh, you know, he became, uh, you know, very famous and, uh, and, and Robbins then wanted to work with him. And, um, you know, and, uh, and incidentally, I mean, based on the money that, I mean, Holmes was making, I mean, I guess you can make a lot of money writing books. I mean, he was getting, you know, checks in the mail for like a quarter million dollars every six months, which I think is crazy. I mean, it's just um, even after the book, you know, months after, you know, years after, uh, but, uh, Anyway, so I, I met with uh, Rob, you know, I met with Robbins and uh, uh, at a conference, uh, he said he would arrange an introduction and, um, and, you know, and I told Robbins how impressed I was with him. And then I started working, um, you know, and Robbins invited me to spend time with him and his family in Fiji and then uh, in Australia. And, um, and it was a great experience, you know, and then I started, um, you know, talking at Robin's events and um, helping, and I put, he put me in a position where I was uh, leading a, uh, uh, you know, he has business seminars and I was, uh, you know, in charge of the company that he'd founded with Holmes uh, in, a, in a position there. So it was kind of cool, you know, I was able to prevent, you know, to create a position doing it. 
um, with with Robbins and get to know him and uh, you know and get involved. So I did that by you know, but again, I did that by identifying someone that knew someone else, and that was you know kind of the the most the most important thing I think with Robin with Robbins because you know Holmes knew him so. Um, and then I knew, um, you know, and then I had kind of an in with Holmes because Holmes had been in the legal industry and I was in the legal industry. So, you know, I use that connection to network. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I do. And I like that story a lot because it reveals that it is about who you know, but it's not just, you know, luck. <laughs> you were quite purposeful about it. You were trying to identify people that would be advantageous to your career and then um, reaching out to them and not in a surreptitious way, um, being quite open and honest about what you were looking for and, and things developed from there. And, you know, I think that's a really important lesson that people can take away from this is how to develop those networks. You mentioned earlier a great technique about just writing down everyone you know, everyone that uh, you think could be useful in expanding and increasing your career and career opportunities. Do you have any other tips and pointers about how to do that? You mentioned, for example, attending seminars and, and other networking groups. Um, some people kind of turn their nose up at those things as sort of a waste of time, maybe an expensive waste of time. Do you sign off on those, though? Do you think they're a great way to, to meet people and, and to, to, to develop your career and network base? Oh, I think they're just amazing. I mean, I, I had a, um, you know, I mean, a, you know, just great experience. I joined, a, um, you know, just a networking group, you know, of other business people uh, in uh, Los Angeles. And, you know, I work in, you know, I'm, I kind of like, you know, I work in a, um, I mean, I have offices around the country and, you know, and a lot of people working for me, but, you know, personally, I'd like to, I don't like kind of all the drama that happens in offices and I, and I like to kind of isolate myself from that. So I, you know, don't, uh, I, I tend to work in a small office, you know, with maybe, you know, no more than seven or eight people, uh, you know, and, uh, but, the, um, you know, now it's even smaller because of this pandemic. So I'm the only person in my office. But, um, you know, but the, um, the idea is, is that, you know, when I got out of the office and I started going to kind of networking groups where you sit down with other business people and there's a bunch of them, uh, I started just getting, meeting all these people and it led to so many things. It led to, you know, ways that I changed my business. It led to really, you know, great friendships and, you know, and, and people that could help me with things. And, learning about, uh, you know, other organizations that I could belong to and, uh, you know, just really, really enriched my life. And so you, and, you know, and so I have all these people that I can, that, that I can call on, uh, you know, and, uh, and it's nice. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, so I, th I think that, you know, the net networking and getting out of the office and so forth, or, you know, with groups can really help. And, you know, I've certainly, you know, whenever to every time I go to, um, you know, networking groups, I, I, I learn a lot, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a seminar or, or, or whatever, you know, you can, you can really um, make some great relationships. And that goes to another point that I think we should make, which is that, you know, once you develop a network that, you know, maybe gets you a, a good job, it's not that the um, practice of developing a network ends there, right? I mean, it's kind of an ongoing process through your life, kind of continuously developing the circles um, that will, you know, really improve your life and your career. Can you talk about that, about it being a sort of an ongoing thing through your life, not just sort of a, a one-time practice? Yeah, I mean, you need, to, you need to know people and you need to have, you know, a lot of people uh, around you. And I think, you know, the people that are the happiest tend to have, you know, the most, you know, people around, around them. I mean, there's, a, a, I don't know, there's some, 
it's interesting that these are kind of pockets of places where people live the longest. And, and a lot of times when there's one actually that's, uh, I don't know where it is, but it's in, um, you know, it's you know, somewhere in, you know, I don't know, in, you know, in, the, in some kind of, you know, old, old, old folks home between um, Los Angeles and San Diego and one of those towns there. And I don't know what it is, but that, it's, it has one of the highest longevities of any you know place, and it's kind of a community of you know where people have houses and stuff. But everyone gets together every night for dinner. These groups of people, and they I guess they have wine, and um, you know it's kind of and and you know people socialize and they have very good relationships. And uh, and I don't know why it's different at this particular place than others, but it's um, and I read an article about it recently. I thought it was very interesting. Um, you know, but the, I think the the conclusion was is that the people live so long there because of the because they had these relationships and these supportive relationships and i think you know i think it's like that you know whether you want a job or you just need to be happy or whatever that you know having relationships with people and staying in touch with people you know is very very important and i had this person that i was sort of in a you know a mentor relationship with for a while and uh and he was um i mean holmes was my mentor for a long time and then this other person and he was saying he said to me once uh you know i talked to him and uh and he said you know who have you you know talked to today and you've reached out to two people you know in your network and just ask them how they're doing and i and I said, no. And he, he would ask me about this, like, you know, every time I talked to him. And it finally occurred to me that, you know, I wasn't doing anything, you know, to kind of keep my networks going. I was just, you know, kind of in my work and so forth. And then, and then finally he said, you know, one day, like, how are you ever going to be able to ask people for help or, or when you need it if you don't, you know, if you're not communicating with people, um, you know, and I thought that was very interesting. So. You know, you, you need to always be, you know, kind of on an ongoing basis. I mean, his his thing was, you know, I don't know, two people a day, which I think is, takes a lot of time. But, you know, but if, if people that do that and have these large networks do very, very well, I mean, you know, Reed Hoffman, I mean, the founder of LinkedIn, I mean, he, it's not like he's sitting behind a desk working all the time. I mean, he's networking and, you know, and a lot of very famous politicians and business people, I mean, they're networking and it's a skill. I mean, you can't just bear yourself and work. You need to kind of get out there and network. You said something there that I think bears focusing on, which is that people that have robust networks, lots of people in their lives are, are happier. And, you know, this kind of goes above and beyond just building a successful career. When you have a robust network around you of people, um, and it's really a support network that uh, the research is clear, can really benefit your life in all sorts of ways. And, you know, there's this old adage about um, kissing up and kicking down. You often see this in professional life that people that kind of follow this adage. And I always think it's such a mistake, not only because, you know, you come off as kind of a terrible person, but it's also you don't know who you are kicking down at and how those people might benefit you one day. You know, your underly now one day might be a person that can provide a job for you later. And uh, the, the networks are not, can come in kind of informal ways as well, not just in professional methods, right? Like if you have people that uh, care about you, it can really benefit not just your career, but your life in all sorts of ways. Kind of a bit of a mixed, uh, <laughs> a mixed thought there, but do you have any, um, any comment about that, about uh, kind of, how to build uh, a successful personal life. Yeah, I mean, life personal lives are, are, you know, is, uh, is extremely Really help important. with I mean, your I professional think, life uh, later on. You know, the people that you spend your time with, you know, really uh, have an impact on, 
you know, how happy you are. And, uh, you know, and, and I, that's certainly something that I've realized. I mean, that, you know, that if you spend your time around happy and well-adjusted people, you're, you're going to be happier. And, um, you know, and because, you know, it's just certain people have, you know, problems and uh, that they're upset about. And, and a lot of times people will, will take out their problems and the people as close to them. And, um, you know, so you just never know. But, uh, you know, what I, I did, I read a book uh, not too long ago, like maybe a year ago, and I, I don't remember what it was called, but it was maybe it was one where I, I, I read about this study of this, um, you know, this, the, the, you know, old folks uh, community or, you know, retirement community, which I guess is 55 plus. So it's not like you're really that old to live there. But, um, but the study, they were saying in the, the book that, you know, all these studies, they were saying that it was very interesting. They were saying that, you know, that people take antidepressants to be happy. And those really uh, scientifically do not, uh, the, you know, people think they work, but there's, there's a lot of science that says they actually don't. And, you know, people do all these things to try to feel good about themselves. They buy things, they, uh, you know, some people will, you know, uh, you know, eat too much or, you know, use drugs or, or what, you know, or smoke or, or whatever it is. I mean, people do all these things, but really, you know, the only thing that is consistently found to make people happy is to have, you know, supportive networks and groups of people around them. And that's, that's like the number one thing. There's like nothing else that's really, you know, proven. I mean, uh, which I thought, I, I just found absolutely fascinating. You know, it's, uh, you know, um, you know, and I've, I grew up in a family where there were a lot of, uh, you know, well, not a lot, but I mean, some uh, addiction issues. And, you know, and what do they do there? I mean, if you, you know, something like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, I mean, you know, I can remember, uh, you know, my mom going to a lot of those events, uh, you know, because she had a substance abuse and, 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 and it and made her better. And what it was is she was getting out of her head and going to groups, you know, going to other groups of people and those groups were supporting her. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, so just being around other people, that's like the solution for substance abuse. It's, you know, when I've found that, you know, the jobs that I've gotten, it's been through, uh, you know, through jobs and colleges and so forth and law schools and business school. And, you know, it's been through, uh, you know, networking with people. And, and then in my own job is, you know, in the placement, uh, you know, I'm much more effective, uh, you know, when I know people and I get people jobs by, you know, the ability to network. So there's just so much to it. I mean, that's, it's really a, um, you know, a, a important, I think, to network and to, to get good at it. And, and it, it can change your, you know, entire life. It can make you happier. It can make you more successful. It can, it can just lead to all sorts of opportunities. And I just, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I was just going to say that I think everything you say is, is so important that building kind of communities around yourself are the only way to make yourself happy, number one. And it's going to have all kinds of knock-on effects in terms of, of your future career. Um, and I wonder if that is that point isn't emphasized enough, be it in law school or other kinds of educational disciplines, that um, you know, it's so often focused about like you got to be 
just got to work hard. You got to get the best possible grades. You know, you got to be the best at this, this and that. But it is this other element, this personable element that is often forgotten. And it may be the most important part of, of the whole thing. And it's, it's, just, it's just interesting that it isn't focused on enough, even though really successful people do know that this is the, the way to get to the top. So I think it's kind of important that we're kind of uh, pulling back the curtain on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it is. I mean, and, and the thing is for attorneys too, because attorneys are just so, you know, they're fighting other attorneys. They're, you know, the, everybody's adverse to them. A judge is adverse to them and judging them. They're even their, you know, their peers are kind of looking for them to make mistakes. And Totally. It's so competitive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's isolating. I mean, you feel like you're just the only one there. And I think that's one reason like attorneys have so many problems and then they, you know, they, they become depressed or they, you know, they use substances and, or they, or they die early deaths from, you know, from, from stress related diseases or things that you get from stress. I mean, I think, you know, not feeling networked and community and, you know, connected to others is, is really, you know, one of the, the worst things that can happen to people, I think. And, uh, and it's sad. I mean, it's, you know, what is a, you know, you know, a criminal or something that someone that's not part of society. And then you, you, you cut them off and put them in jail or you're saying you're not entitled to be connected to other people. And so it's, it's the worst thing we can do. And I think in the, you know, the middle, I don't know in that middle age, but in the, you know, 1800s or 17, they, they used to, you know, the, the big punishment was shunning people and religions do that too. You know, like, um, you know, like there's this thing, uh, you know, I love to read about different religions, like, um, you know, and I think it's, uh, you know, I liked, I read a book recently about um, Mormonism, which was kind of fun. And then I read a book about, um, you know, Scientology. And uh, I think in Scientology, like if, I don't know what it's called, disconnection or something, like if, you know, someone you're close to doesn't believe in Scientology, they, you know, you're supposed to just stop talking to them and everyone, you know, <laughs> no one talks to them or, you know, and I, and I think there's something similar in a lot of other religions, probably. And I don't know if Scientology, I guess it's considered a religion. But, um, yeah, so it's just interesting. I mean, um, you know, uh, you know that, that the connection is so important. And I think that, you know, groups of people realize how important it is. And, and, and they cut you off from that if, if there's any... Uh, you know, if they, if they don't like you. So to wrap things up, you know, we've talked about developing your network by writing down a list of all the potential people, you know, attending seminars and other kinds of networking groups. Do you have any other final thoughts for folks to kind of uh, wrap things up here? Well, the other thing I think that's very, very important is, you know, you never want to, um, you know, burn your network. So you never want to, um, you know, you, you never want to, really be negative and um you know to the extent you can you need to you know try to be as positive as you can with people and never burn networks and then i think another thing that's that's very very important is you know when you're looking for jobs and i think a lot of people uh you know are always interested in looking for jobs or maybe thinking about you know new jobs a great way of doing that is just you know to, 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 to ask for informational interviews, you know, could I talk to you about kind of what you do with such and such a place? And people are flattered by that, you know, and that's a good way, um, I think, to, to get something. But, you know, the only, the overall piece of advice that I would ask that offer is, you know, you need to know what you want. And if you know what you want, uh, you know, then, you know, you're going to uh, be able to go after it in the most effective way by going to places where the people, you know, are likely to be there, um, you know, that, that you're interested in. I mean, 
I'm in, um, you know, Los Angeles, and I remember taking, um, you know, acting classes. And anybody that belong, that lives in Los Angeles, or you know, <laughs> or, or has, you know, if you're if you're young and you have time in the summer or something, I mean, taking an acting class in Los Angeles and watching the people in these acting classes and how hard um, and motivated some of them are to network. I mean, you do not become a famous movie star by just being a good actor or, or you know, you, you have to go after it and you have to get to know the people and network with them and the networking ability of people that want to be um, in Hollywood and so forth and do it is astonishing. I mean, they just, they really put it on because that's, that's all it is. I mean, you have to be able to, you know, know people and, and form relationships and be like, I mean, I, I have a couple stories. I mean, one of them was with, um, I'm trying to think of what that uh, actor is, the one that was in um, Bradley Cooper. So when Bradley Cooper was young, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just coming to Hollywood or he'd only been in one or two things, he, um, you know, I had this house in Malibu, really nice house, and I was going to be gone for Christmas. So um, I decided to rent it out and I rented it to him. And I only rented it, I mean, I rented it in the, ended up renting the thing to lots of movie stars and stuff it was kind of fun but he was one of them and um and he was young i mean he was uh you know very young uh not that i mean he'd been he was known he was well known he'd been in a couple movies uh, maybe just the hangover or something at that point but uh, so he came and stayed there and uh you know and then he was he was the nicest uh guest you possibly could imagine he he left two bottles of expensive champagne he you know, had a professional cleaning crew come in and clean the house, you know, just to be nice, not even because, you know, not because not he did anything, he was staying there with his mother. He, um, you know, left a long flowing handwritten note about what a nice time he had and thanking us. And, you know, and he didn't have to do any of that. And I, he certainly knew that I wasn't in entertainment. I mean, you know, and, uh, but he did all that. And it was just, just so nice and so gracious. And there was just no, reason to do that but except for what a gracious person he was and so you know that's an example of networking like you just leave a good taste in people's mouth wherever you go and make people feel good about you and and look at what kind of uh you know what all that led to for him i mean he became um you know doing that being known as that kind of person became a, you know a very very famous um actor so you know so that's um you know the, the kind of thing you need to do with people and you need to leave a, a very good taste in their mouth and be very nice to them. And it works. You've pointed something else here and, and we'll wrap things up, but the idea that you uh, need to be kind of open to the world, uh, vulnerable to the world in some ways and how that kind of it doesn't exactly uh, gel well with the very competitive atmosphere that you're coming up in. So you kind of got to hold two things in your mind simultaneously, which can be difficult, right? You can be in this real isolated uh, competitive mindset or this more open, vulnerable kind of mindset. And you kind of got to do both at the same time, not an easy task, but I think that's sort of the takeaway from today's discussion. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just, whatever people can do to, to network and to work on it, I mean, I think is, uh, you know, very important. And you just need to integrate it, um, those activities into your daily life. And the better you do it, that, the better off. Harrison Barnes, thanks for making time for me. Thanks. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.